0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church, Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Great to be with you. Uh, welcome to Christian Life Church. Uh, welcome if you're watching online, it's great to have you with us. Just before I share what I prepared this morning, uh, is Dan Far here? Just... Uh, how did it go yesterday? So yesterday, uh, if you were around last week, you'll know that um, a group went out on the street to share the love of Jesus, share the gospel. Uh, and there, this is a new group, well, it's been going a while, uh, called Jesus on the Streets. If you, if you want to, if that's your thing, join it. If it's not your thing, I'd say have a go sometime. Go out on the street and uh, with some people that have done it a, a bit before and uh, learn. See, it might be your thing. Uh, good time? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Good. Lots of conversations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested, if you're scared but interested, have a go. You won't be forced to preach through a microphone. Two, two people got saved. And two people received Jesus. Yeah, Amen. That's great. great. The the gospel is is powerful to save people. So, if you're interested in that or want to know more, have a word with Dan, who's there. Great. Well done for doing that. Well for done for uh, uh, taking the initiative in that. Um, so, um, moving on. Is there anyone here from a young age you uh, always knew what you wanted to do? I'm going to say young, like 10 or 20, whatever. Anybody put your hand up? Yeah? Yeah? So what did you want to do? Shout them out. Teaching? Drummer. Drummer, yeah? <laughs> Anybody else? Drummer, yeah. Anybody else? Wife and mother. Suddenly, I'm not. Suddenly, I'm not ever <laughs> wanted to do that. Anybody else? A turtle. A turtle. Yep. Yeah, great. Thanks, Tim. How's it going? <laughs> not. No good. Yeah. Okay. do Don't worry. One day it'll come out. You shall. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's in the script. Well done. (laughs) So most of you never had that, it seems. Most of you thought, well, just kind of like a lot of us, just stumble through life and God is good. And it's okay. It is okay if you never had that. Today I want to talk about calling, the call of God on our lives, because we all have a call of God on our lives. So recently we've been talking... (laughs) about the CLC vision, the vision of this church. And, um, and we relooked at the vision that we wrote uh, many years ago, the church we seek to be. And I, as I looked at it, I was inspired again. I thought, the vision that God has for his church is amazing. It is absolutely fantastic. And I thought, well, it would be great to follow that up, to talk about uh, calling, because we're all so inspired by the vision that we want to know what our part in it is, and so today I want to talk about calling. But as I've been preparing, then for the second week in a row, God has said to me, "Tim, you've got it all backwards, you got it upside down." So this is not what I plan to to talk about. It is it's not going to be how I plan to do it, but it is going to be about calling. So I'm going to look at the Bible and what the Bible says about calling, not what I thought. So we're going to look in Mark. At some of the way, some of the verses where Jesus called his disciples. So let's start with Mark chapter one. I'm going to read from verses 16 to 20. In my Bible, there's a title over it. It's not originally written there, but it says Jesus calls his first disciples. Is that? Yeah. Uh, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Let's turn over to chapter 2. In my Bible, the title of this bit says, Jesus calls Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Again, we turn over to chapter 3. It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came out to him. He appointed twelve that he might be with them, that that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed: Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter; James, son of Je- Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave them the name Bonanerges, Bona which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas. Jameson of Alpheus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Look, three little stories right at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus calling his disciples. Just want to make a few observations about this. Firstly, they were when he called them, Jesus didn't call them to a vision. They were not called to a vision. He just called them. So he did say to uh, uh, Simon and Andrew, I will make you fishers of men. You will become fishers of men. Uh, You say, well, that was the vision. That was the plan. But if you read through the Gospels, you'd see that the disciples most of the time had no clue what was going on. They didn't know who he was for a long time. They'd met this guy, Jesus, and they followed him. But they didn't know what's going on half the time. So when when he said, I will make you fishers of men, I'm pretty convinced that they didn't understand what that was. He presented no plan. He presented no purpose, mission, or vision statement. He said, follow me. So if you don't know what the big plan is, if you don't know what the calling on your life is, that's okay. They didn't. But they knew who they were following. Jesus. They were not called to a vision, which kind of ruined my idea of, of when this was going to be preached, but it's okay. Secondly, they were called to follow Jesus. The calling was to follow Jesus, to drop everything and commit 100% to Jesus. The fishermen, they just left their nets. It was very irresponsible. They just they met, They were mending their nets, it says in, in the Bible in in the other in uh, the Gospels as well. They were mending a net and they left them, unmended. They didn't finish that. They left what they were, their plans, and committed to the plans of Jesus. Hold on a minute. have okay, lost my... Okay, so they were called to follow Jesus, and it's interesting, he didn't offer them anything. He just demanded... He didn't offer them a pension scheme, good salary, uh, fulfillment. He just demanded. He didn't offer them salvation, forgiveness, abundant life, all the things that Jesus offers us. He didn't offer when he called them. He just called them. Yeah, do you agree? He just said, follow me. And they left everything. Why did they do that? Well, it's difficult to know, but they did. Now, looking back when I became a Christian, I was so glad that when people told me what it meant to be a Christian, they told me this, it is to commit your life to Christ, to commit your life to Christ. At the moment, you are living your life with your ideas and your plans. God wants you to commit your life to him. People didn't tell me about forgiveness um, or purpose or the calling, what I would be called to, they told me that Jesus wanted me to follow him, to lay down all my plans. Firstly, I thought that was a very bad idea because I was quite keen on my plans, as we all are. But I knew that it was the right thing. I knew it was the right thing. In fact, you know, when, when we come to Jesus, we turn away from our sins. Uh, that's what he calls us to do, to repent, to turn away from our sins. For me, there was only one sin that I knew. One thing I knew was wrong was this. It was, I, it was clear in my mind, to follow Jesus, to give my life 100%, to uh, give up my plans and follow him, that's the right thing to do, and to not do that is the wrong thing to do. It was as simple as that. And so I knew, I, it did take me weeks to kind of wrestle with that, thinking I don't really want to give up my plans, but in the end I knew it was the right thing to do, and I did it. I, I, I knew before I made the step of saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, this is a cost, it's all in, it's all in. I, I, I was looking re- I, a while back, looking at um, the vision and values of a, another church, and they got a bit similar to our connect value about community. There, theirs was called "Play as a Team," and they wrote this: "Jesus has not come to coach individuals to their own life goals. Jesus is not your life coach. A life coach helps you find or achieve your goals. Very broadly and simply, he's not." come to help you achieve your life goals. He's come to give you his goal and invite you to be a part of it. It also said, he has called you to something much bigger. His plan for the church and the kingdom of God. And it also says, nobody ever lost out by following Jesus. Now that's true, but we don't know whether we're going to win out on this earth or in the next, the next <coughs> in heaven. We don't know. We know we're going to win. But Jesus, Jesus did promise actually, if you've given up family and homes and farms, you will receive multiplied in this life and in the ages to come. So, Jesus comes demanding, not offering. Come, follow me. Give up everything. This is the calling. That you have. This is the calling that Jesus has for you. Leave everything. And he presents no vision. Doesn't tell you what it's all about. Doesn't tell you what the end goal is. He says, follow me. Thirdly, honest, in that, in those, if you read in, around those stories, you see that in that context, there's a whole crowd of people around Jesus. Jesus was with a crowd and he called a few. He called just a few. Jesus was limited at that time in a body. He was still God. He was still there at the beginning of creation. And the creator, he limited himself by coming into a body. And so he could only disciple a few. And he called a few. He didn't ever call a crowd and say, come, follow me, everybody. didn't do that. He is now not limited because he has sent his spirit into the earth. But he still doesn't call a crowd. He still doesn't say, everybody come, follow me. What he says is, to each and every one of you, follow me. He doesn't say, everybody come. He says, to you, follow me. He says, Lisa, Jesus wants... Jesus is saying to you, follow me, David. Jesus is saying, follow me. To each and every one of you, Jesus is saying, follow me by name. That's why when I read that bit where he calls the 12 disciples, I read the 12 names. I thought, I don't need to read those. But he called them by their name. He calls you by his name to follow him. What is the calling? It was there written in the last. Can we get the last? I think it's the last. Not the last. The one, last one I read. Matthew, th- uh, Mark 3. This one, yeah. He called those he wanted. Call them because he wanted them. Jesus wants you. He calls you by your name. And he says, I want you. Anybody been in a... Used to play football at school, and you line up, and two captains pick you. Yeah, anybody been the first to be picked? I'm just putting my hand up as an example, not because that (laughs) ever happened. Anybody there at the end? Three, the last three. I'll take you, and you can have those two. (laughs) Jesus wants you. He says, "You, I want you." He points to you and says, I want you. And it's as though you are the first, first pick. He wants you. He called to those him those he wanted, and they came to him. He pointed 12 that they might, this is the purpose, they might be with him. This is the primary purpose that he's called you to, to be with him. That's the big vision in heaven but now he's going to be with you he's going to be with you he wants to be with you more than anything that you do he wants to be with you that's the big call and and that they may and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons there is stuff to do but the first thing is to be with Jesus. There is stuff to do. He's not called you just to be with him. He's called to be first and to do. He wants you to be with him. First the who and then the what. It's Jesus. And it's important to know that he says, follow me. He's not going to follow you. He has called you to follow me. This talks about I surrender all. I surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus. We can surrender to him our fears, our uh, our worries, our difficulties. But It's not just that. It's our dreams, our hopes, our money, our houses, our families. Surrender all to Jesus and nobody ever lost out by surrendering to Jesus. It's about submitting to him. It's about him being Lord. He's Lord. He's Savior and he's Lord. He's come to save us, but he's come to tell, uh, be Lord of our life. He's in control. But he does put his will into our hearts. It's not that we're always having to do what we don't want to do. That's not what it's about. I used to think but the will of god to know the will of god was this if you think of the thing that you least want to do that'll be certainly what god wants you to do it's not part of it is what you part of it is what you want to do and often he'll change your heart he'll change your heart when i when i became a christian at university i was in durham and I knew where I wanted to travel to, and I knew nowhere in my plan was it to go back to my hometown until God told me to go back to my hometown. and My heart changed in an instant. It was my desire and will and my joy. Romans 12 says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. God has given us bodies to do his will on the earth. God has got a plan for this earth. And when he, and, and Jesus' example, when he wanted to uh, fulfill part of that, the big part of it, he sent his son in a body. We are here in a body to do his will. We offer our bodies to him for his plan. But it says in the next verse, good, then you'll know the will of God, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. It's good, it's perfect, it's pleasing to us, his will. It's not like he's forcing us to do something we don't want. Sometimes he changes our hearts, but it's good. What I'm saying is this. We may feel that in this life we've been called to a great task, or a medium task, or a small task. And that might be true. That feeling might be true. But firstly, he's called us to follow Jesus, lay down our plans and submit to Jesus because he has a greater plan than anybody could think of. He's God. He can think of a better plan. He's got the best plan for us. Just a couple of things I want to say before I move on, before I close, is that what I wrote as a title is Little Calling, Bigger Calling. God may call you to a big call, a great work, but you need to start where you are, with small steps. Do a little, and then do some more. As I said, doing comes second to being with Jesus, but it does come. It does come. Jesus said this, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in great things. God calls us to be faithful in whatever he gives us, be it small or large. My first ministry in the church was, I was in charge of the overhead projector. (laughs) That's not this thing. Even that is over our heads. It was, this will divide you by age now. It was, it's, it sat at the front about this far from the screen and it was this kind of box with a light on. The light came and there was a, a glass screen. The light came up and it shot up and there was this lens that checked it on the screen. And you had to put transparent images on the projector That you had written on none of this computer (coughs) and I did that was my job Uh, and I did it 100% and I did it joyfully not through gritted teeth joyfully I did it and and not everybody did it 100% when they'd done all the songs they chucked them back in the box at the back so do you remember the days when the musicians sang a song and the guy in the over it's looking for that slide, looking for that slide, and somebody's put them all at the back, and just as the musicians are singing the last line, on goes the words. <laughs> Does anybody remember those? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great days, weren't they, yes. But I'm glad we got this. I used to have to write them out by hand, (coughs) these songs. So great days, but I'm glad they're gone. (laughs) And then I moved on. I'm aging myself again. I I was then in charge of the cassette tape library. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, promotion. The preachers were put onto cassette cassette tape. Does anybody not know what a cassette tape is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. But it doesn't matter. Do you know what I found was that to serve God in little or great is joyful if you do it in the right heart? There's great joy in it. Somebody once said to me, I do the OHP's line, but trouble is it distracts me from worshiping God. I feel I can't worship God. I said, That is my worship. That's my worship. I'm I'm helping people really focus on God and I'm focusing on getting this slide in the right place and get the next one. I'm worshipping God. Serving God, having a ministry, doing your calling is worshipping God as much as singing songs. So, thank you guys at the back for worshipping God. Yeah. 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 I know that you sometimes feel you can't connect as well, but God sees your worship. I would rather be serving on the OVET projector or coffee or whatever if that's God's will. I'd rather do that than be the CEO of a big company if that's not God's will. I'd rather. I honestly mean that. I wouldn't mind the money of the CEO of a big company, but that that doesn't do it for you. I would do that joyfully, grudgingly, whatever. I want to say your calling may not primarily be in the church because the kingdom of God is bigger than the church. If you're called to a teacher, you are called to, to a, a congregation of young people who um, you can speak into their lives. Tony and Leslie shared last week. They said they were teachers for many years. That was their way of reaching out. You know, we can speak in many areas of life. It doesn't have to be in church. You may be asking God to know your calling, to have a vision. And it, what, it, what God is saying, follow me first. This is it, follow me. For me in my, my Christian life, I remember the day that God spoke to me a vision of the church. But it came after following him. After following. Him. When I don't know why, I don't know the reasons, but I proved faithful in some things, in some little things. And God spoke to me his vision. So if you want a vision from God, God wants to say to you first, follow me. Follow me. Do you know what I I, I sometimes In our life, maybe our work life, family life, church life, we sometimes feel we're a bit lost. It's like you can kind of see, but it's like you've got dark glasses on inside. You can't quite see the way. Anybody ever felt that? I felt that. and So many times, God says to me, I am the way. Jesus says, I am the way. First, we've got to get Jesus the center of our lives. Jesus. And I feel this morning that some people, you feel, well, there's various things I feel God is saying. One is, is that for some people, you I don't know you all, you might be thinking, I don't know whether I've ever made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus wants each one of you, he's speaking to each one of you and saying, I want you to follow me. He knows your name. He's calling you. And you've never done that. If that's you, is there a problem? If you've never said to Jesus, yes, I'm going to follow you, then today you can. But he's calling you. He's taking initiative and saying, I want you. He's calling you by name and saying, I want you to follow me. You might be online and you can respond today and say to Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You might be here. You might be online. I feel also there's some people that you have done that, but you've kind of forgotten about the calling that God's on, on your life. You know, it says that uh, some, sometimes we're like uh, a seed. God's word is like a seed that falls among thorns. And they are the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches that choke the seed. It's because we've taken our focus on following Jesus and worried about our plans and our dreams. Do you know what? God doesn't despise your plans and dreams. I'm not saying he's going to chuck them in the bin. He might modify them, but he can use them. They're not rubbish to him. They're not rubbish to him. Please don't think that. But we've got to know that Jesus is God. He's got a better plan that might include your plan. And for some, yeah, for some people, you need to get back to that. You need to say, "Sorry, I've taken my sorry, God, I've taken my eye off the fact that you've called me to something." I've taken that eye off. For some people, you know what that call was. You remember a time where you felt a call. And maybe you started doing it, maybe you never started doing it. But God wants to remind you again, I called you to do that. I spoke to somebody recently who said five years ago, God told me to do something and and I'm doing it today. I've just started doing it and it's amazing. He started doing it, I can't really say too much, I don't want to say who it is. He started doing that when he was in a terrible situation personally. He said, I'm doing it anyway. And God has blessed him so much. He said, "I'm still in that terrible situation. I'm still in that, but I've obeyed God, and God is blessing it." So, if you if you've delayed or if you've dropped the call that you did, then I've, God is calling you to that. God doesn't. Do you know what? God doesn't say? You've blown it ever. It says somewhere in the Bible that the call of God the Gifts and callings of God are without recall. He, doesn't, he, he gives you the calling and gifting and he doesn't take it back. He doesn't take it back. It is yours. You can pick it up again. We mess up. We lose the plot. We lose our way. We take our eye off the goal. We take our eye off Jesus. But he's always looking to us. He's always calling to us back to that. And he's calling people today to get back to that call. I would love to present a great, no, I'm going to present a great vision. A great vision that's calling you. It's a vision that fills even the whole eyesight of God. The vision is Jesus. It's Jesus. Nothing greater than Jesus. He's all in all, He's everything. And God is calling to that. And there's some things to do as well. So I wanna I want us to respond. Um, could we stand? I'm gonna call Mike back up, maybe some other musicians too. And we're gonna sing again. I surrender all. And if you and if, if you if you know that you just wanna respond somehow then I ask you, as we're singing, to come to the front, just as your declaration that I to God, really, first of all. I am making a response to what I've heard today because God is speaking to me. And if uh, if people come and offer to pray for you, you don't need, if you just say, no, I just want to respond to God, that's fine. But um, somebody will come and they'll just offer to pray, to stand with you in your prayer, really. Maybe you want to make that decision for the first time. Maybe you just want to respond and say, I'm back, or or, or I'm lost. I've lost the call. If you want to respond, then as we're singing, please come to the front. It's not to me. It's to God. We're uh, we're going to turn the, uh, well, you can go to the sides. We'll turn the camera off uh, because, you know, we don't want to be projecting out there. It's you and God, really. But please respond as as we sing and worship together.